Numerous reports in mainstream media outlets show how the U.S. government has used the Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA, in order to spy on and try to destabilize left-wing governments in Latin America. Today, I'm going to be looking at the evidence showing how the U.S. has used the DEA to try to destabilize the leftist governments in Venezuela, Mexico, and Bolivia. What these scandals show is that the U.S. government has willingly collaborated with known criminals and money launderers and drug dealers and used these criminals in order to try to destabilize left-wing governments in Latin America. And as an excuse, the U.S. government has claimed that the DEA is investigating drug dealing, but in reality, it is encouraging these very same criminals who are actually involved in drug dealing and money laundering. The first story that I'm going to analyze today is a bombshell report that was published by the Associated Press this February titled Secret U.S. Spying Program Targeted Top Venezuelan Officials Flouting International Law. This story reveals that the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA, ran a years-long covert operation sending covert operatives into Venezuela to surreptitiously record government officials, to spy on government officials. And if you read the story, you can see that they were also trying to set up stings. They were trying to set up Venezuelan officials, encouraging criminal behavior in order to try to trap Venezuelan officials who support the Bolivarian Revolution and the leftist government. And the U.S. government acknowledged from the very beginning that this operation, known as Operation Money Badger, violated international law. The U.S. government knew that it was engaged in criminal activities and yet did so. Furthermore, I should add, the Venezuelan government, the sovereign, democratically elected Venezuelan government, expelled the DEA and the previous president, Hugo Chavez, and the current president, Nicolás Maduro, have accused the DEA of being used to spy on them. And the U.S. government said that's a crazy conspiracy theory. Well, here we have evidence that the DEA was spying on them. And even after Venezuela expelled the DEA, the U.S. was still using undercover DEA agents to try to destabilize the Venezuelan government. And there is such a revealing quote in this article. A former DEA official who oversaw these destabilization operations in Venezuela said, quote, We don't like to say it publicly, but we are, in fact, the police of the world. So this shows that the U.S. is a global dictatorship. The U.S. empire believes that it has the so-called right to intervene in any government on earth to try to destabilize any foreign government. And U.S. government officials boast that we are the police of the world. Although, as you'll see in this report, in reality, they're not really the police of the world. They're the mafia of the world. They are the criminals of the world. This article published by the AP, the most mainstream U.S. media outlet, reveals that the DEA authorized its informants who were illegally in Venezuela, it authorized them to, to carry out money laundering, to carry out illicit wire transfers through U.S.-based front companies and bank accounts. I need to stress this point again. 
The DEA was collaborating with known criminals and encouraging them to carry out money laundering and crimes linked to drug trafficking using U.S.-based front companies and banks in order to try to ensnare and trap top Venezuelan government officials to accuse them, the Venezuelan officials, of the crimes that the DEA informants were engaged in. The Associated Press revealed in this article, I'm reading from this report, quote, The DEA Miami Field Division's Group 10 recruited a dream informant, a professional money launderer accused of fleecing $800 million from Venezuela's foreign currency system through a fraudulent import scheme. The informant's illicit activity in Venezuela positioned him to help the DEA collect evidence against the chief target of the unilateral operation, Jose Fielma, an early acolyte of the late Hugo Chavez, who in de two decades of service to the Bolivarian Revolution cycled through a number of top jobs, including trade minister and the head of Venezuela's IRS. This is incredible. Again, I need to stress this point because it's just so amazing that if you're not listening closely, you might miss the key point here. The DEA, the U.S. government's so-called Drug Enforcement Administration, recruited a known criminal who was accused of stealing hundreds of millions of dollars through money laundering. They call him a professional money launderer. He was working through the U.S. government. He was their dream informant, and he was trying to entrap top Venezuelan government officials who were ministers and head of Venezuela's tax collection agency in order to portray them as corrupt and linked to drugs so the U.S. government can try to destabilize the revolutionary socialist government in Venezuela. So the U.S. was encouraging crimes and money laundering in order to try to portray Venezuela as corrupt. The AP noted that this is not the first time that the DEA has engaged in these kinds of criminal stings and that the U.S. did something similar in Mexico. That's a point I'm going to come back to in a few minutes here when I look at another report that provides evidence that the U.S. DEA was spying on and trying to entrap Mexico's left-wing president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, AMLO. So the U.S. DEA and other agencies carry out this criminal behavior in order to try to entrap and destabilize left-wing governments all across Latin America. I will also look at the evidence that the DEA was used to try to destabilize Bolivia's democratically elected left-wing president, Evo Morales. So, I mean, this is mafia behavior. And in this report in the AP, this mainstream outlet cites legal experts who acknowledged that this U.S. behavior was completely illegal. However, no international court or tribunal has jurisdiction to hold the United States or its agents accountable for covert law enforcement actions in other countries. So there are no consequences, despite the fact that the U.S. is a criminal rogue regime that is carrying out illegal behavior across Latin America and the rest of the world. The AP reveals this covert operation in Venezuela was called Operation Money Badger, and the DEA and prosecutors in Miami started it in 2013. So it started under Barack Obama, and it was dramatically escalated by Donald Trump as the Trump administration tried to carry out a coup to overthrow Venezuela's democratically elected government and President 
Nicolás Maduro and try to replace him with the U.S.-appointed puppet Juan Guaido, who never participated in a presidential election and never won a single vote to be so-called president, despite the fact that the U.S. recognized him as the fake president of Venezuela and tried to force other countries around the world to also recognize him. In this article, the AP quotes Venezuela's real president, Nicolás Maduro, who accused the DEA and the CIA of undertaking efforts to destabilize his country, which they make it sound like this is crazy, but what their article shows is exactly what Maduro is saying. Maduro is right. He is correct that the DEA is trying to destabilize his government. And Maduro said in a televised speech, quote, the CIA and the DEA operate independently as imperialist criminal organizations. And as I will show today, using mainstream reports and U.S. media outlets, that is an objective characterization. The CIA and especially the DEA are involved in illegal criminal behavior to destabilize foreign governments. I published an article in a video which I will link to in the description below that looks at the evidence that the U.S. backed a failed invasion of Venezuela in 2020 and one of the top coup plotters who was involved told the mainstream media, so again this is based on mainstream media reports, he admitted that the coup plotters were in touch with the CIA and other U.S. government agencies and there were two former army officers who were involved in carrying out this failed invasion of Venezuela in May 2020, which was called Operation Gideon, and they were arrested by the Venezuelan government. And by the way, the Trump administration gave its green light and was supporting this failed invasion, and it was carried out, it was overseen by a U.S. private security company called Silver Corps, which was based in Florida and was also owned and run by a former U.S. Army Green Beret named Jordan Goudreau, and he had provided security for Donald Trump's rallies, and he told the mainstream media as part of a lawsuit, he said that he met with top administration officials from Trump's administration at Trump's golf course in Miami, Florida, in order to talk about the operation to invade Venezuela. So this was a U.S.-backed, CIA-backed invasion, and it failed because Venezuelan fishermen, who were part of a socialist cooperative who supported the government, they spotted the mercenaries who were trying to invade Venezuela, and they told the government authorities who stopped the operation and imprisoned them. And again, once again, two U.S. citizens who were Army Special Operations Forces were involved leading this operation. And Donald Trump didn't really even try to hide this. He was proud of the fact that he tried to carry out a coup in Venezuela. In 2023, Donald Trump gave a speech at an event organized by the North Carolina Republican Party in which he boasted that he was close to taking over Venezuela. That's the language he used. He said, we almost took over Venezuela. And he said that they wanted to take Venezuela's oil. This is the clip. A large, beautiful scale version of Venezuela. How about we're buying oil from Venezuela? When I left, Venezuela was ready to collapse. We would have taken it over. We would have gotten all that oil. It would have been right next door. But now we're buying oil from Venezuela, so we're making a dictator very rich. Can you believe this? Nobody can believe it. Furthermore, Donald Trump's national security advisor, John Bolton, a hardline neoconservative war hawk, 
He also boasted in an interview on CNN that he had experience organizing coups, and he mentioned Venezuela specifically, and he said it was such hard work trying to organize coups to overthrow foreign governments. And it's not just the U.S. coup attempts, it's also the issue of corruption. I mentioned earlier that the U.S., the Trump administration, tried to impose this puppet Juan Guaido as the fake president of Venezuela. Well, right-wing Latin American media outlets that supported Guaido, they admitted that Guaido was extremely corrupt and that these U.S.-backed coup plotters were actually stealing large sums of so-called humanitarian aid money and using it to buy expensive clothes and go to clubs and buy alcohol and spend it on fancy hotels. This is a report that was published in June 2019 in the right-wing Latin American media outlet Panam Post, and it's titled, Guaido's Envoys Appropriated Humanitarian Aid Funds in Colombia. In the article, this right-wing journalist who says very clearly that he opposes Venezuela's government and that he supported Guaido, he says that he was disillusioned by the blatant corruption that he witnessed, and he says that he, uh, he had access to receipts, evidence, showing that these U.S.-backed coup plotters in Colombia, Guaido, that they carried, they spent millions of pesos on expensive hotels in Colombia, on alcohol and food. They bought expensive clothes in Bogota and Cucuta, and they also rented expensive vehicles, and they paid for expensive hotels. The U.S.-backed Venezuelan coup plotters were so cartoonishly corrupt, the investigative journalist John McEvoy published a report in The Canary, and he showed that Guaido's coup team, they used the money that the U.S. stole from the Venezuelan government, from the Venezuelan people, the billions of dollars in the foreign exchange reserves in the gold held by Venezuela. Well, Guaido's team used that in order to pay their legal fees. And they were so corrupt that in 2021, one of the main right-wing political parties in Venezuela, which has always been backed by the U.S. and funded through U.S. government cutouts, they publicly denounced Juan Guaido and his associates in 2021 and released a public statement saying that he was blatantly corrupt and that his coup gang were stealing the assets belonging to Venezuela in order to live this luxurious lifestyle. So that was Venezuela. Now let's talk about Bolivia, where we see the exact same story. Back in 2008, Bolivia's democratically elected socialist president, Evo Morales, who is the first ever indigenous president in a majority indigenous country, he expelled the DEA, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, and he accused DEA agents of spying on his government. Evo Morales said, quote, there were DEA agents that were doing political espionage financing criminal groups so they could act against authorities, including the president. And Morales said that the DEA was working with anti-government right-wing opposition groups that staged violent protests against his government. Well, Reuters portrayed this back in 2008 as a crazy conspiracy theory. Well, in reality, seven years later, in 2015, the Huffington Post 
published a bombshell report showing that the US DEA was secretly using confidential informants in order to spy on Evo Morales, collaborating with the right-wing opposition to try to destabilize his democratically elected left-wing government. This is exactly what Evo Morales accused the U.S. government of doing. He was right, despite the fact that the media portrayed him as a crazy conspiracy theorist, just as the Venezuelan presidents, Hugo Chavez and also Nicolas Maduro, they accused the U.S. government of doing the same thing. The media claim that they're crazy, and now we know we have bombshell evidence from the AP that that's exactly what was happening. The DEA was being used to spy on and destabilize their governments. Now, the U.S. government has constantly claimed, absurdly, that these left-wing leaders in Latin America are supposedly linked to drug trafficking and corrupt, and they claim that the reason they want to expel the DEA is because they're supposedly linked to drugs. But in reality, it's the exact opposite. What happened? After Evo Morales in Bolivia expelled the DEA in 2008, Bolivia became much safer and drug trafficking decreased. Here is a report published in 2016 by Vice News titled, Bolivia ended its drug war by kicking out the DEA and legalizing coca. Coca is a plant that can be used for the production of cocaine. However, it's not necessarily used for cocaine. It's also a plant that is used for tea and it has other medicinal impacts. And in Bolivia, many poor farmers, especially in the indigenous majority areas that Evo Morales was from and represented, and they were excluded for the entire political history of Bolivia. And he finally came to power and represented them. Well, he legalized coca production. And what happened? As Vice News acknowledges, there was less violence, less cocaine, and even less coca was being produced in Bolivia than before when the DEA was there. And in fact, Evo Morales on Twitter, where he's very active, great, great person to follow, Evo Morales, he shared a screenshot of a newspaper report from 1992 that revealed that the DEA bought 45,000 kilograms of coca from Bolivia and allegedly was using it in order to create medicine and food. And he said, this is the double standard of the empire. This is the hypocrisy of the DEA. And in another tweet, Evo Morales, the former president of Bolivia, he said, quote, During our government, the model of the fight against drug trafficking was applauded and recognized by the United Nations and even the European Union. Now it is taken over by it is subjected to the CIA and the DEA for the benefit of the geopolitical interests of the U.S. And they announce they're, that they're spending millions of dollars without the funding. And he said that this is also fueling corruption. And it shows how at that time, in 2020, Bolivia was governed by a corrupt coup regime that was basically controlled by the U.S. And he said that the, that the government has been subordinated to the U.S. Of course, in 2019, there was a very violent coup that overthrew Evo Morales, the democratically elected Bolivian government, and installed a far-right, unelected coup regime that also was very racist against the indigenous majority. It was run by Christian fanatics who claimed that indigenous Bolivians were satanic hordes. 
And the coup regime also moved toward the privatization of Bolivia's massive lithium reserves. Bolivia is one of the world's top producers of lithium. And when someone on Twitter called out the billionaire oligarch Elon Musk, whose company Tesla has received billions of dollars of subsidies from the U.S. government to, to you know, create batteries and, and electric vehicles that need a lot of lithium. When someone called out Elon Musk in, back in 2020, Elon Musk famously responded on Twitter writing, quote, we will coup whoever we want. Deal with it. So this is exactly why Evo Morales tweeted. He said, for the CIA and the DEA, the so-called war on drugs is an excuse to attack progressive and anti-imperialist governments. It is a screen to cover their geopolitical interests. The, and then he mentioned a case involving Mexico where the DEA was also used to spy on a democratically elected left-wing leader. So here we can see that this is the criminal behavior carried out by the U.S. government and the billionaire oligarchs who are funded by the U.S. government like Elon Musk to try to destabilize the left in Latin America. This is another scandal that's going on in the region, and that is that on the 30th of January, the U.S. media outlet ProPublica, which is funded by many, you know, billionaire oligarch NGOs and foundations, they published an article that was ridiculously titled, Did Drug Traffickers Funnel Millions of Dollars to Mexican President Lopez Obrador's First Campaign? With a question mark. And always, you know, when you see these media reports with a question mark, it's often the case that there's not enough evidence. It's completely ridiculous. So they put the question mark there because it's just a, a, a hit piece. It's a smear job. It's a hatchet job. They're trying to attack... Mexico's democratically elected left-wing president, Lopez Obrador, who is the first independent leader of Mexico in decades. He's the first left-wing leader of Mexico in more than 60 years. The U.S. has been trying to destabilize him for years. In fact, back in 2023, President AMLO, that's, how, that's the, what he's known by usually, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, AMLO, back in 2023, he sent a letter a formal letter to the U.S. government condemning it for its interventionism in Mexico's internal politics because the U.S. government funds numerous right-wing opposition groups that are trying to destabilize AMLO, organizing protests against him. They also, the U.S. helps to fund right-wing media outlets in Mexico. And that's also why at the so-called Summit for Democracy that the U.S. government held back in 2023, AMLO had a comment in which he was obviously criticizing the U.S. government and calling it out as an oligarchy. And in another speech, also in 2023, I mean, he was really angry at the U.S. He condemned Washington's meddling, and AMLO said, quote, There is more democracy today in Mexico than in the United States, because here the people govern, and there the oligarchy govern. So you can see why the U.S. is so angry and is trying to destabilize AMLO. And this becomes especially obvious when you realize that under his left-wing government, Mexico nationalized its large lithium reserves and AMLO reversed the partial privatization of oil that was carried out by the previous neoliberal president, Enrique Peña Nieto, who was a U.S. puppet. And AMLO organized a massive rally and he gave a speech in which he 
honored the, he praised the historic nationalization of oil by the previous leftist president, Lázaro Cárdenas, and he called out the Republicans in the U.S. in particular who are threatening to invade Mexico over the issue of drugs, which again is just so hypocritical. And he said, this is an exact quote that he shouted, Mexico is not a U.S. colony. Mexico is an independent free country not a U.S. colony or protectorate. So those are some of the reasons why the U.S. is trying to destabilize AMLO. Well, here let's go back to this ridiculous article in ProPublica without any evidence trying to link López Obrador supposedly to drugs. And once again, it shows the U.S. used undercover DEA agents to try to destabilize AMLO. ProPublica alleges that in the 2006 election in Mexico, drug dealers funneled large sums of money to allies of López Obrador in order to try to help him win the election. There's no evidence of this whatsoever. And in this ridiculous, thinly sourced article, they admit that there's no evidence that López Obrador even knew about this operation that was supposedly happening. In fact, in this big nothing burger of a story that's very reminiscent of Russiagate, ProPublica admitted that U.S. Justice Department officials closed the investigation because there was not evidence. This is the exact quote from the article. They're talking about U.S. officials. Quote, Some officials felt the evidence was not strong enough to justify the risks of an extensive undercover operation inside Mexico. Justice Department officials closed the investigation, and they also admit that there were concerns that even a successful prosecution would be viewed by Mexicans as egregious American meddling in their politics, because that's what it was. The U.S. government was blatantly meddling in Mexico's internal affairs, in Mexico's politics, using so-called corruption as an excuse, despite the fact that they admit there is no evidence that Lopez Obrador knew about this so-called operation. And they also admit that this is basically a sting operation. The U.S. was trying to prevent AMLO from becoming president because they said, this is an exact quote from an, an anonymous U.S. official quoted in this article, quote, there was always a fear that Lopez Obrador might back away in the drug fight, that if this guy becomes president, he could shut us down. So they're admitting that they were trying to entrap him, trying to prevent him from becoming president because they were afraid that, the, that Mexico would expel the DEA like Venezuela did and like Bolivia did because the DEA is genuinely corrupt and is involved in supporting right-wing political forces to destabilize democratically elected left-wing leaders in Latin America. And by the way, Mexico's president responded to this bogus story condemning it and condemning the DEA. And he said, this is an exact quote from President AMLO, quote, there is no evidence. These are, those are vile defamations. Where is the proof? It is propaganda. And he said, he noted that this year in Mexico, there is an election, a very important election coming up. And his successor is very likely going to win. She's leading in all the polls, the left-wing candidate, Claudia Sheinbaum. And he's accusing the U.S. of trying to, to tr essentially meddle in the election once again and try to portray the candidate from his party, the left-wing Morena party, 
in a negative light with these bogus accusations. And AMLO in 2020, the article notes that AMLO suspended immunity for U.S. agents in Mexico. In particular, this affected the DEA, which angered the DEA because they wanted this immunity for crimes they commit inside Mexican territory. And also in 2022, AMLO formally announced that he was dissolving an anti-drug group that worked with the DEA, and he said that it was infiltrated by organized crime. So here we have the Mexican president saying that the DEA was working with criminals, organized crime networks inside Mexico, and that's why he dissolved it. So we see this long pattern, once again, of the DEA working with organized crime in order to destabilize democratically elected left-wing leaders in Latin America. Kurt Hockbarth is a really good journalist from the US who lives in Mexico and reports a lot on the ridiculous propaganda and disinformation being spread against AMLO. And he, he summarized this report very well. He said, quote, the only real revelation in this week's ProPublica piece is the DEA's plot to frame the AMLO campaign in the run-up to the 2012 election. Unlike Russiagate, Here's a bona fide attempt to intervene in a foreign election freely admitted to. Think it'll make headlines in the U.S.? Nah. I agree 100%. That's exactly what's happening. This shows how the U.S. was meddling in Mexico's internal politics to try to prevent AMLO from becoming president because they were so used for decades to having right-wing neoliberal puppets who just obediently did whatever the U.S. told them to do, who were running the Mexican government. They did not want an independent left-wing leader like AMLO. That's why the U.S. government has been spending millions of dollars funding right-wing opposition groups in Mexico. This is according to U.S. government documents. I mean, they haven't even really hidden it. Kurt Hockbarth did a really good Twitter thread that went through and picked apart this ridiculous story and I'm not going to go through all of it. You can check it out on Twitter. But he mentions a few things, like, for instance, the DEA's case was based on a completely discredited source whose testimony has already been shown to be unreliable. And it reveals that they were trying to stage AMLO. But he raises such an important point that while the U.S. was trying to set up AMLO in the sting operation, meanwhile, the former head of security for the right-wing former president of Mexico, Felipe Calderón, who is from the right-wing PAN party, a very close U.S. ally who collaborated closely with the George Bush administration when he was in power. His head of security, who is named Genaro García Luna, he was collaborating with the Sinaloa cartel, with drug dealers in Mexico, and the DEA didn't care. So the DEA is not actually interested in stopping drug dealing in Latin America. As Bolivia's former president, Evo Morales, said, and he would know this, the DEA is used to try to destabilize left-wing governments, anti-imperialist governments in Latin America and around the world, period. It's not actually about drugs. It is a political organization. And that is why across Latin America, it's very common for people to say the DEA is not the Drug Enforcement Administration. It's the Drug Exporting administration because the DEA has been linked to so many drug dealing scandals. And the renowned investigative journalist Gary Webb famously showed in his book Dark Alliance, the CIA, the Contras and the crack cocaine explosion. 
He showed how the CIA used drug trafficking and drug money in order to fund far-right death squads like the Contras in Nicaragua, but also in El Salvador and Honduras to try to overthrow the revolutionary socialist Sandinista government in Nicaragua and also to try to kill leftist guerrillas, leftist rebels in El Salvador and Honduras and also Guatemala. So the CIA has a very long history of working directly with drug cartels and using drug money to fund these operations. And then, of course, those drugs were dumped in poor communities, largely majority black communities in the U.S., like in L.A., which led to, as Gary Webb showed in his book, it led to the crack cocaine explosion, the the epidemic in the U.S. And The Intercept published an article called Managing a Nightmare, How the CIA Watched Over the Destruction of Gary Webb. And it showed how the CIA was directly involved in this operation to destroy Gary Webb's credibility, this award-winning journalist. And he eventually died in very mysterious circumstances, supposedly a suicide, but many people suspect that he might have been killed. And we have proof that the CIA was involved in trying to destroy his reputation and getting him fired from his job and pushed out of the media because he correctly exposed these U.S. government crimes. On that note, I'm going to conclude here. I'm Ben Norton. This is Geopolitical Economy Report. I want to thank everyone for joining me today. Please like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you prefer listening to these videos, you can check out the Geopolitical Economy Report podcast. Once again, thanks for joining me today. I will see you next time.